Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. All right, testing. Can you hear me? One, two, three, testing. I can hear you. Awesome, awesome. Um, hey, everything come out okay? Uh, yeah, 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 I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Oh, shoot, man. Well, yeah, busy. Uh, I forgot. So we had, it, it warmed up a little bit today. I forgot I had the heater on. And uh, I think one of the episodes I talked about this, this heater that I have in here um, doesn't, uh, doesn't cycle on and off through, oh. you can't just set the temperature and forget about it. It just runs. So it is hotter than blazes in here. Um, <laughs> I almost thought about leaving the door open, but it's so dang windy out there that uh it just i can hear doors slamming and things that the kids have left open just flapping in the wind and everything so um yeah uh, anyway the house is actually finally after getting that table and our bed frame out is finally looking uh a bit bare good deal that's where you want it to be <laughs> right get her yeah, looking bare so- Anyway, getting closer, getting closer. And then once we get settled in down there in Arkansas, that uh, we'll try and, uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, I, I think I talked about it. Oh, man, when did I talk about it? Anyway, one of the episodes about maybe having to uh, um, podcast out of the car for a little while. The car is going to be, the van is going to be the new podcast studio for a while until (laughs) we'll we'll see how that works out. But, um, yeah, we need to, we need like a middle meeting place that we, we, I mean, we're so close to being able to meet in person to do these things. It's not going to be long, not going to be long now. My, my Toyota forerunner in the, in the very back, it's got a, a 120 plug. Um, but it has to be, uh, the vehicle has yeah. to be running in order for it to work. Um, but I, I'd have to look at the limitations on that, but it might work. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to be real honest with you, this might be our last. So uh, this one will come out. This episode will drop on Monday the 6th. And so, mm, so we may not have one. We may not be able to do a podcast next week just because, or however it works out. I Maybe I can stack a couple. Maybe I can do another one. But either way, we may or may not have a podcast next week. But, you know, so we'll yeah. see how that works out. Got a lot going on. Oh, yeah. I know it. I know it. Okay, hey, hold on. I forgot uh, Forgot to welcome everybody to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Uh, we're glad you guys are joining us. So welcome we back. Go. Y'all. We got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So heck, we'll see how this, we'll see how this turns out. Um, yeah, pretty much everything is in storage. Uh, we made the last big run. And so how was, right. how, how was the city council meeting tonight? Uh, it was good. We, uh, 
voted to hire somebody on a new employee and we moved somebody into another position and voted against uh, some stuff and uh, yeah just trying to keep this bad boy running around here heck yeah I gotta love politicking oh politicking for sure <laughs> yeah yeah uh, let's see here so um, yeah other than the excitement of uh, us trying to get things packed up in two weeks. That's that's the gist of my. Uh, that's that's the only thing been on my mind. We had <clears throat> a happy belated Halloween to everybody. We had, uh, or should I say, kids candy day, dude. Every <laughs> year, we come back with a good five ten pounds of candy, hmm. and it's this year was exceptionally good. A lot of dang good candy this year. Um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good, pretty good Halloween for them kids. (laughs) We, uh, we just hung out here at the house. Of course, just my wife and I, we carved a couple pumpkins and uh, surprisingly we actually had, um, I'd say 10 to 15 kids stop by, which in this little town, uh, it's quite a few. Yeah. Um, which you know it, it's fun we, we we enjoy handing out candy to the kids and um it's fun to get a little bit of action uh, i don't know how many people in this town actually have the lights on for kids to come by and i would imagine there's a whole lot but uh so we, we try to, to have some have some fun with that but um we actually went to branson missouri um last week my younger brother mm-hmm. matthew got married so my wife and i were in his wedding uh, she was uh, one of the bridesmaids. And I was a, uh, one of the groomsmen, and uh, man, it was a great time. We had yep. a lot of fun, and uh, we had the bachelor and bachelorette party, and the girls went wine tasting, and we went zip lining, and went and had a good steak dinner. Um, Sweet, and, yeah, we zip lined over Tanny Como, uh, so that was fun. Um, but uh, it was a good time. We, we enjoyed ourselves, saw the family, uh, caught up on some lost time. And uh, celebrated a great couple. Uh, it was a sweet uh, little little wedding, about 40, 50 people roughly. Um, but it was really you know intimate. It was really nice. We we had a really good time, so it was fun. And it gave us some time to get away and have like a little mini vacation. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Sweet. Yeah, it, it looked it looked pretty nice from the pictures that I saw. So it looked like it was a nice little mm-hmm. setup. And yeah. Yep. Bye. Well, good deal. Good deal. I'm glad you guys got home safe and sound. And uh, now he were, here we are in Luke chapter 23. We're two chapters away from finishing this out. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It, we're getting into the uh, the trial of Jesus. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, like we said before, it's not fun to talk about. But it's uh, we, we know what the end game is, and that's, that's worth celebrating, too. So... Um, you, you want to get into it? Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, where we left off the last time Marshall was that Jesus had just been brought before the Sanhedrin. And, uh, of course, you know, he's, they've, they've mocked him. They've spit on him. They beat him. Um, and, uh, now they're bringing him before Pontius Pilate. Uh, and that's yeah. where chapter 23 picks up is here. The whole assembly brought him up before Pilate. So they mm-hmm. they bring him to Pilate and they're they're explaining to uh, Pilate they're they're bringing their accusations to to him, 
And uh, a lot of it has to do with blasphemy and, and everything like that. So Pilate's looking at Jesus like, he, and, and at this time, you can imagine that Jesus is a, he, he's bloody. He, uh, he, he really doesn't look like much, much of a threat for that matter to Pilate. So he's looking at him and he's not, he's not really concerned about blasphemy. Okay. Oh, and then backing up. Did you know that the the Jewish leaders cannot the Roman government did not allow the the Jewish leaders of the time to execute someone. So that's why this assembly had to be that's why Jesus had to be brought um before this this Roman governor or yeah was he yeah he was a, hold on let me either way Pilate he would be the governor right because then um let's see yeah he was a Roman governor over the whole region, over the whole region of Judea. Gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, you know, because we're going to see later on, he brings them to Herod. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as we get to reading, Go you're going to see that um, Pilate and, and Herod, you know, neither one of them ended up finding any any basis uh, for charge. They they both uh, didn't find him guilty for for anything, and that's something we'll we'll read as we get into this. Um, which I, which I find that to be interesting, you know, I find that to be interesting and, you know, cause it, it ends up as we get further into this, um, it, 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 you know, as, as a, as Jesus is, is before, uh, Pontius Pilate and, and before Herod, it's the people, it's the crowds that are, that are cheering and mm-hmm. yelling and, and whatnot to, to kill him, that want him crucified. Uh, you know, Pilate and, and Herod, uh, were like, I don't find him guilty. Like this guy didn't do anything, and he, not 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 that we can see. Um, so it, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty interesting as we get into this. Well, the you know it's funny that these these Roman leaders, um, they're they're not stupid people. No, you know, and they can see that these accusations were just were so bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know because. Look at look at in verse two that he says that we found this man misleading and perverting our nation and forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew that wasn't true. Well, yeah, that's how he gonna, never said that. Yeah, because he he said and, it at some point. He said, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. So he never, you know, when he's, these people were saying that he yeah. opposes payment taxes to Caesar, I'm like that's not true. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he said the exact opposite. Right. Yeah, and so. What what's funny is that not funny, but um, these guys, these Roman, these Roman governors, both Pontius Pilate and Herod, they're so concerned with their, um, they're more concerned uh, about their. Ultimately, in the end, you will see that the that they're more concerned with their um, political, uh, uh, what they look like politically, how they appear to the people, and um, rather than you know, being fair and just. We're yeah, going to see that later on down the road. Yeah, they're they're worried about that, but they're also worried about um, an outbreak happening because uh, of, you know, the amount of Jews and stuff that are around. Yeah. They, don't, they don't want, because as we get into this, it's, it's, it's during the time of Passover, you know, so they don't want to, they don't want to cause rioting and cause a big, a big commotion and a big issue. Um, because Jesus has a lot of followers at this point, you know? And so if, if you know, if they start doing all this, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of issues going on, a lot of big problems. And, and Caesar told him, he, you know, told Pilate and them, Hey, don't, don't let this happen. I, he, he, he warned them, you know, don't, 
don't do yeah. this. Count. Yeah. So when looking at looking at Jesus in the, go ahead. No, no, I'd say we're kind of kind of jumping around a little bit here, guys. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that a lot. But you know, it, it's uh, you know, seeing Jesus in the condition that he was in, Pilate's like he's not a threat to him. The these guys are. I'm not really concerned with their accusations. So he's. Uh, so the Jews, these Jewish leaders, get get really angry. And um, and they're they're trying to throw out these accusations that are going to cause Pilate to do something about it. What's going to pose the biggest threat? You know, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus is claiming to be king. What are you going to do about it, Pilate? And he's like, "Are you?" He asked Jesus, "Are you king?" And um, and then and Jesus says, "Yeah, it is just as you say." He pretty much simply answers it, just like he did earlier in Luke that we talked about earlier. And when uh, when he answers the um, Pharisees, mm-hmm. yeah. But then he still he still doesn't find. A, that's when he says a, he finds no guilt in it. And then, um, so he he recognizes this, and he's like, you know what, you know, the, let's just where's where's Jesus from again? Galilee. Let's mm-hmm. send him to Herod. So he's just gonna he's just gonna push this off because, like you said, Marshall, that's where you were going. There's all these crowds. I don't want. He's like, I don't want to have to deal with this uh, uprising if there's going to be an uprising. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's send him to Herod. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So okay. So then that's where that's where he had. Which, if you remember, when we were uh, in, early on in our study, that Herod has been wanting to see Jesus, and it's not because. Uh, Herod believes in what Jesus was doing or that he simply wants to see Jesus for a show. He, mm-hmm. he practically thinks that Jesus is, uh, um, does miracles just f- as, as an act. Yeah. Yeah. Herod, Herod was hoping to see Jesus do something to, to perform a miracle. That's what he was hoping for. And, and Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't do it. And it actually says in, in Luke 23, uh, if you read Luke 23, 8, it says, When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied with him many questions. But Jesus, and I, I, I find this interesting, Jesus gave him no answer. Yeah. Just didn't answer. And, and I, I read that and I was like, why? Why didn't Jesus give him an answer? Why wasn't God like, <laughs> like you know, I don't know what he would say, you know, but... But he just gave no answer. And I don't know if he'd be like, because you don't deserve it. I don't know what he'd say. Uh, but he just was just quiet, silence. Well, because that's it's because Jesus knows Jesus knows your heart, right? He right, yeah. knew what whatever questions were being asked weren't out of sincerity. They weren't out of all he wanted was a show. That's it. Mm-hmm. And yep. so there was so Jesus wasn't going to, it's like it's like talking to a brick wall. You're not going to change. He knew that he wasn't going to change Herod's mind. And Absolutely. he knew that Herod wasn't going to change his mind, uh, you know, as far as what he wanted. The only reason he wanted to see Jesus was for that. And so yeah. I'm sure that's how the questioning went. So it was, uh, it was pointless. It was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with a brick wall. <laughs> We've, you know. Oh yeah. And ultimately we knew that, you know, Jesus, Jesus had to, um, there wasn't anything he was going to say to, to, 
um, that was going to change the outcome of why Jesus came. So right. it was, you know, why did he have to answer him? Right. <laughs> so, okay, so they dressed him in a robe and uh, sent him back. So, of course, there's there's Herod's true heart is, okay, well, if you're not going to perform for me, then uh, back to Pilate you go. <laughs> I don't know what to do yeah. with this guy. <laughs> That's... That's all. That, that's all. That's how that went down. Yeah, and of course, you know, it's just if it's yeah, it's just terrible because they'd said early on they ridiculed him. They dressed him in a gorgeous robe. Um, they uh, mocked and ridiculed him. Okay, so, uh, I'm sure they. I'm sure there was some striking of some sort that happened through there. But that's we're we're speculating there. But. Mm-hmm. So, and then said, verse 12 there goes on to say, Now that uh, that very day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. That's interesting. Th- that is interesting. I read that and I was like, so before y'all are enemies, and now Jesus comes along and essentially, the way I saw it was Jesus brought y'all together. Like, <laughs> So I, I, maybe some good came out of it? I don't yeah. know. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Well, I mean, you can that's what Jesus does, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus uses a bad situation to and that's how we can apply this is even even during this time two people that are enemies can can mm-hmm. be friends. It's it's still you still see some fragment of um how to love your neighbor and even yeah. though, you know, because Herod was the Jewish governor and Pilate mm-hmm. was the Roman governor. Mm-hmm. It was it was really kind of confusing how they allowed each other to coexist. You know how right. the Romans and the and the uh, Jewish people coexisted like that because they all had different. It, it's interesting. Yeah, it really is. So, so they bring him back to Pilate. Mm-hmm. Do you have something to say? No, no. I was getting ready to just keep reading on. Like you're good. Yeah. So. They they send him back to Pilate, and um, Pilate's like, you know, you brought this man before me um, as one who corrupts and entices the people to rebellion. Uh, he's like, after I've talked to him, I've found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you uh, make against him, nor has Herod, for he had sent him back to us, and indeed he has done nothing to deserve death. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was prepared to release Jesus. Yeah. He's like, there is nothing legally. And this is how crooked of a trial that this has been because there is, uh, they are absolutely finding no guilt. Yeah. It, it does say that, that I guess Pilate punishes him and then releases him. I don't know what the extent of that punishment was, um, but there was some form of punishment there. Yeah. And let's see here. Now, I wanted to go back because, um, is it Matthew that says that? You remember talking? You remember um, what is that? Uh, where he's talking? Where he's talking about? I don't know. What was it? There was um, Pilate's wife had a dream. I, I can't remember where it, which gospel it talks about this, but um, Pilate's wife had a dream and begged. Pilate not to that's why that's why Pilate is 
trying yeah. to um I remember I release remember him. Do you I remember, remember that where it was? I, I, I do. Um man, I can't remember that for the life of me. Let's see here, Jesus Profile Pilot. I can't remember. I can't remember where it's at because Okay, so yeah, it's in John. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chapter eighteen. Yeah, yeah. He 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 disregards the good advice of his wife. Um. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chapter eighteen, starting in verse twenty-eight. Pilate came to them. What is the accusation you bring against this man? They answered, "If he were not a criminal, he would not have been handed him over to you for judgment." Then Pilate said, "Take him for yourselves and judge him according to your own law." And we're not permitted to put anyone to death. And uh, this was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken to indicate by what manner of death he was going to die. So Pilate went to the paratorium again and called Jesus, asked, are you the king of the Jews? Um, Jesus, re Jesus replied, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? Um, Pilate says to him, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own people and their chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? that is worthy of death. And, he, and then this is where Jesus tells him. So this is where we get, um, at least we get this line of questioning out of John between Pilate and Jesus here. And uh, he says, my kingdom is not of this world, nor does it have an origin in this world. If my kingdom were mm -hmm. of this world, my servants would be fighting hard to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. So he says, then you are a king. And you said, you, uh, you say correctly that I am king. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man, maybe it's not even in that, is it? No, I was trying to look it up. Golly, I can't remember where it's at. I, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in there for the sake of time. Um, for the sake of time, Pilate was told, his wife told him, had a dream, and was told that he needs to, which is why you see him wash his hands. And so let's see here, um, because the crowd, the crowd continues to push the fact that it was customary uh, of that time. Going back to Luke chapter Maybe, twenty-three, was it was it, customary of the time too. Was it Matthew twenty-seven? It says twenty-seven nineteen says while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message: "Don't have anything to do with that innocent man." For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream yes. because of him. That's it. Matthew. Yep. Matthew yeah. 19, 27. That's 19, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was on a mission. But <laughs> either way, either way, you know, what what does that show you? That God is He's always providing a way out of temptation. There's there was a way out, you know. And uh, maybe I could be wrong, I I guess, but that's kind of what I can take from that. But then you, you, the relentless crowd here, he has his way out, but yet he still sees, uh, an opportunity to save face with the people to save, um, his political, he's more concerned with his political standpoint than he is with his own, um, spiritual salvation. Mm -hmm. And what does he do? These people, um, keep saying, well, he's going to make a big show about washing his hands, like uh, that Jesus's blood is not on his hands. But in reality, it is. You know, you mm -hmm. you took 
obviously guilty man, which of course, during the time, um, it was customary to release during this Passover. Um, yeah, it was obligated to release, uh, them one prisoner at the feast. So during this time, it's, it, they released a prisoner. Well, he takes, he takes an obviously, uh, guilty prisoner up against the uh, an obviously innocent man mm-hmm. Jesus and then pretends pretty much pretends to wash his hands clean of this to, no the blood is still on your hands yeah yep yeah but the crowd kept the crowd kept pushing him and so he's going to try and save face so Pilate pronounced the sentence they uh released Barabbas to him Let's see. Yep. He releases Barabbas to them, and he pronounces a sentence uh, in verse 24, and he released the man, and they were asking for who had been thrown into the prison for insurrection and murder. So he hands over this murderer yeah. and sentences Jesus to death. I mean, that was that was frustrating me when I was reading that. I'm like, you know, that the crowd's sitting here wanting to release Barabbas, who was incited for murder or he was, he was in prison for insurrection and murder. And I'm just like, yeah. what's wrong with you people? You got a guy who is innocent, who's been proven innocent uh, on two accounts. And yet you want to release a known insurrection and, and a person who committed insurrection and a murderer. Like really? The <laughs> like, whole reason that you were even the, the whole reason you were entertaining this idea because uh, you didn't want insurrection, and now mm-hmm. you're releasing an insurrectionist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like calling the kettle black, you know? I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> where's the where's the common sense here? I don't know. It, it just kind of made my blood boil a little bit. And I, you know, I've read that a million times growing up, but just when I was reading it last night, I'm just like, golly, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah. But then again, on the other hand, you you sit and you think as you read through this story, if not them, then who else? Because it had to happen this way. It was prophesied long ago that this is what Jesus has was came to this earth in the flesh to do for our sins. There has to there is a blood penalty for our sins. And thank the Lord that he took it on. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I mean, one hundred percent correct. I mean, it, it definitely had to happen. But I think I was thinking from this maybe the the viewpoint of the disciples because throughout this whole entire thing, the disciples just didn't. It was just kind of going with the flow, you know, as Jesus was leading them and teaching them. And I'm sure at this point they were probably. I, I would think a lot of them would be feeling the same way, just like you know, angry and frustrated with these crowds doing this. Like, what's wrong with you guys? You know, and. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know how present they were in this time because people knew who they were. Um, so they were probably kind of hiding out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So to make light of a, an incredibly dark situation, um, here we are. They're they're leading Jesus away, mm-hmm. and they seize the the Roman soldiers seize this man. Um, in, I'm going to read verse 26 here. Mm-hmm. When they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Serene, who was coming into the city from the country and placed him, uh, placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. Okay, so here's this guy that is, he, he's just coming into the city. 
probably wanting to mind his own business and thinking that it was like, what the heck is going on? And it's like you <laughs> carry his cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you, how, what would that guy be like? You know? Oh man. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? I mean, what if, what if that guy was a believer of Jesus? You know, just what if, um, it really doesn't yeah. say a whole lot about, about the guy, but could you imagine knowing who he is? And carrying that cross, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I would. On, I don't know. I maybe kind of humbled. Maybe like, what is going on? Like, I, I'm not worthy. I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of you thinks that you know you're carrying this death tool, and just think about it. Every time you denounce Christ. I don't know. Uh, hold on, I'm, that would, that's not going to come out right. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> I was, no, I was no, thinking of something to go along with that, but you know, hey, if you don't mind, um, it, it wasn't going to sound. It, go ahead. No, you're fine. I wanted to read 27 into 28, and they give it a kind of an explanation uh, for for 27 through, th- through 29 because. Uh, it's it's actually pretty interesting stuff if if you're good with that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, so so 27 it says uh, a large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. And and this is you know guys, listen. This says Jesus turned and said to them, "Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when you will say, blessed." are the barren women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on mm-hmm. us, and the hills cover us. So I, I want to explain that. So Luke alone mentions that the tears of Jewish women, of, of the Jewish women, while Jesus was being led through the streets to his execution, Jesus told them not to weep for him, but for themselves. And the reason why is because Jesus knew that in only about 40 years, Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed by the Romans. So Jesus was, um, Jesus knew it was coming, you know, the, the bad things that were to come. So in, yeah. in a way he was kind of, kind of prophesying there, but, and I was reading it last time, that was pretty, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that is interesting. Sorry. I keep hearing that wind is just going nuts. tonight. <laughs> Okay, so obviously Luke kind of he, he he kind of paraphrases it, and then here we are doing a podcast, paraphrasing it even more. I want to kind of continue to give that disclaimer that you need to go through and read this for yourselves, and you need to read it throughout all the gospels because there are the the different viewpoints from all these apostles, mm-hmm. um, they're different. And there's different little takeaways from from every one. Now, I'm trying to. I was trying to look up while you were talking, and which is why I didn't find have a lot to say even after what what you just read because I was looking it up because it's like when at what point did Jesus get uh, whipped before or after? And obviously, you know, Luke kind of skipped all of that. Yeah, you he know, just skipped the. Yeah. So uh, it would have been so before. Yeah, as part of the execution, there they um, they made 
they they would whip you with a cat of nine tails. It was a whip with shards of glass and metal and bone and uh, in the tied into the end of it that would just it would rip flesh off of when every time it it, it would dig in when it hit your back or wherever they were whipping and would just rip chunks of meat. So I wonder if you go back to Luke 23, uh, 16, where Pilate says, therefore I will punish him and then release him. I wonder if in that moment, if that punishment, I wonder if that was part of that punishment when he was whipped and all that kind of stuff. I wonder if that's when that happened. Did it happen in Pilate's hands? No, 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 no. It would have been a Roman thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was a Roman. It was part of the Roman execution. <clears throat> and then, um, mockingly, because uh, they called him, you know, because he was he is the king of kings. Mm-hmm. Um, mockingly, they made him a crown of thorns too, which is not stated here in Luke. Yeah. But they fashioned out a crown of thorns and placed it on his head, or it mashed it down on his head. Actually, you know to make it even more painful. And <clears throat> all the pictures that we see, can you, you ever gotten stuck with a stinking um, locust thorn? I mean, because that's what it looked like it was made out of, was locust thorns. I've, I've um, been stuck they with... Hurt. They, they They do. You know, I've, I've been stuck with a mesquite thorn, which they can be just as long as, as those are. And, uh, you know, some of those thorns have like a, almost like a poison venom the tip of the thorns yeah Yeah. and they sting like once you get stuck it stings and it's like ah it doesn't just go away it just kind of sits there and there's not Mm -hmm. much you can do about it until it does wear off it's miserable yeah yeah and and so all of this has happened and now we're now he's carrying the cross and they're Mm -hmm. they're going up to um golgotha the 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 skull the place called the skull Mm-hmm. where he's going to be crucified. That's in verse 33. Um, and, it, and Luke just goes into it. He says, They came to a place called the skull, where they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Jesus saying, uh, And Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. We're also going to see that, that same wording in Acts, if you were to proceed through the New Testament, as you get done with the Gospels, you're going to see the stone at, during the stoning of Stephen say the same thing. They're blinded. They're blinded by evil, and uh, they don't know what they're doing. They're out of their minds. Yeah. They cast lots, dividing his clothes, and uh, and then of course the rulers uh, they they ridicule them. They they were sitting there the whole time, um, telling him to save yourself. If you're so high and mighty, save yourself. But that's not what he came to do. Yeah. You know, at at, at some point, um, I, I think you're, you're you're about to get there. But it says they offered him wine vinegar, and I, I've heard about it before, mm-hmm. but I, but I wasn't exactly sure what that was. So I got to look at it. But it says the the wine vinegar that was given to G- yeah. So yeah, the, the wine vinegar that was given to Jesus on the cross was called gall. Uh, which was a plant, uh, which was like a, a, a wormwood or myrrh. Uh, so they mixed the gall with the wine. Oh, okay. And it was used to give the criminals a pain relief. So it was essentially a pain reliever is what it was. Yeah. Because 
you know, being hung up on the cross, obviously you're in excruciating pain and you just can't get away from. So that's, that's what that was. I, I wasn't, I'd heard about that yep. before, but I was like, I'm going to dig a little bit and see what that's about. But I think that's interesting that. Well, yeah, go ahead. You finished your thought. I was agreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I, I think it's interesting that they did that. Uh, you know, cause like you said, they're sitting there mocking him and saying all these things, but yet they have the tiny bit of, of mercy, I guess you can say, uh, to give these criminals, well, Jesus wasn't a criminal, but you know, in, in, you know, typical history of them doing it, they give them the criminals, the, you know, that, that, that mixture to, to give them some sort of a pain relief. And I'm like, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't think they would care. I think, yeah, I, that's why I'm kind of shocked that they even did. Yeah. That. I, I was too, because, <clears throat> you know, you always heard that it was, it, it was vinegar and it, you know, growing up as a kid, hearing these stories as a kid, you're like, oh man, they gave him vinegar. So not only was it bad enough that you spit on him, that you beat him, that you nailed him to a cross, that you whipped his back, that you put a crown of thorns, and now you're going to try and make him drink vinegar while he's dying <laughs> on the cross. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, I thought, I thought as a kid, until I grew up and we really started digging into the digging into God's word, um, that it was just another form of mockery or uh, punishment, is what you always thought it was. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh well, it was actually supposed to be some sort of pain reliever. Mm-hmm. And then again, maybe it was some sort of pain reliever. You know, maybe there was a, some a, a hidden agenda there that it's like, oh, let's relieve your pain so that you die slower. Or right. maybe it was, you know, maybe there wasn't uh, any type of mercy with it, or maybe it was just that to make them die slower. Who knows? Right. To relieve the pain so you can endure it longer and suffer more. Yeah. So more suffering. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so here's here's what the... Jesus is going through all of this. And for a guy that had probably... Maybe not even, uh, maybe heard just whispers of what Jesus had been doing the past three years. Here's a criminal on um, one of his sides. And, um, you know, you got one criminal saying, well, you know, mocking him along with the rest of the others. But then, um, then the other criminal on the other side, he says, Do you not fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And, um, he says he he pretty much says Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm-hmm. Ain't that something? He Grace. recognizes Jesus as the Messiah while they are but all sitting there nailed to a cross, and he recognizes Jesus as as that Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. And what I find even more amazing than that is the grace that Jesus had for that criminal. Um, because the man recognized who he was, um, the respect that, the, that that criminal had for Jesus uh, was was amazing in that moment. But the, the the grace that Jesus had for him, the love that Jesus had for him, and what I love about this is clearly this guy. I don't I don't know that maybe he was a Christian. I I don't I, I wouldn't think that he was. But there wasn't like this official accepting Jesus into as your personal Lord and Savior into your heart. There was no Mm-mm. baptism for this man. It was raw in the midst of all the junk being hung, being killed. And he says that to Jesus and Jesus turns over to him and says, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. 
I'm just like, if that doesn't give you chills and show how yep. loving and graceful God Jesus is, uh, I don't know what does. He meets you right where you're at, just like he's done throughout his whole ministry, just like he did with Zacchaeus, just like he did with the woman at the well, just like he's doing right now, hanging on the cross, being right where you're at. doesn't matter. You know, Jesus, he, he, he said, and then did he say that you had to be baptized? No, you know, you, you do that as a profession of faith. But this guy immediately recognized Jesus as Jesus as a Messiah, and you will be with me in paradise. Heck yeah. <laughs> paradise. Mm. I love it. I, it. I don't know. I just, ah, yeah, it's good. It just, it, it's a breath of fresh air in the midst of all that turmoil. You know? Yeah. Yep. And then here's the thing. This was quite, when, when Jesus died on the cross, there, it was, it was quite the show. It was quite the spectacle. Um, oh, not that I would have wanted to see it, but the things that transpired uh, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, Luke doesn't even touch what happened. You know, the veil. Um, the, so the Holy of Holies would have been a place, a big tapestry of sorts that was. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it would have been impossible. For any anything, any natural disaster, anything to tear that veil in half from top to bottom, unless oh, yeah. it was God. So there yeah. is so that and that thing, that thing ripping the way it did was because it is finished. You know that's when he says, um, or you know he he cries out, um, "Father, into your hands I commit my spirit." And having said this, he breathed his last breath. Once that's done, he's taken all the sin upon himself. And the veil to the Holy of Holies is is ripped open, new covenant, and now we can all come to God because Jesus paid that price. Mm-hmm. There was no mediate. Jesus is the mediator. Yeah. And, you and know so what? that's the significance of that veil ripping. Yeah. And what I like about uh, just um, after Jesus took his last breath, that centurion, after he saw what happened, he praised God and he said, surely this was a righteous man. Um, so in that moment, you know, I'm sure yep. that centurion was uh, the amount of guilt he, I think the amount of guilt he felt right then was just like, after every, like Aaron was just talking about, after the veil was torn, the temple was destroyed, after all these things that happened, um, this this centurion's like, "There's this guy's got to be a righteous, this guy's got to be somebody. You know, he, the, this has never happened. I've I've hung and killed many people on a cross, and this has never happened before. Yeah. Well, who? I don't. I don't see why there was. Uh, why there wouldn't be? Um, oh man, how do I phrase that? How there couldn't be an unbeliever there after seeing what went down, and that this Roman, this type of Roman execution was uh, popular of that time. This is how how they did it, and for the sun to be blotted out the veil to be torn. There was an earthquake, and there. if you go back and read in Matthew, uh, a bunch of people got resurrected that day. Mm-hmm. There was zombies coming up <clears throat> out of the ground. <laughs> I mean, uh, what happened? I, I have a whole lot of questions about that that I really need to dig into, but, um, but you know, all this stuff happened. I, I don't know how you could be living in that time and not believe that Christ was the Messiah. Well, you know, it's like not to sound morbid, uh, 
and and not that I want to see Jesus crucified because that's a horrible thing. Um, but to see all the events that took place in that moment would be quite the eye opener and it could be extremely life changing. Like it, knowing what I know now, if I could go back in time and see that moment, like the, the change of life in hearts that would be done in that moment, like knowing what I know, um, would be insane. I mean, that would be such an insane, surreal moment. Yeah. Yep. It would, it really would. So now that this is all taking place, Jesus died on the cross and, um, you know, and he died on his terms. Mm-hmm. If you, if you remember that, that death on the cross was a painful, slow death and he died faster than what normally people would die on the cross. If I think I've heard that before and, and whatever, but, um, that just goes to show that's his, you know, that's how great he is. You know, that's how much control he has. He never lost control. That He had full control over what he came to do from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Yep. And then he breathed his last breath. Mm-hmm. So, and so here we're going to look at now, he's going to, he, they're going to bury him in the tomb. And you can go read it. It's a man named Joseph, um, popular name, not the same Joseph you know from Mary and Joseph or, or however. But um, so he goes and asks Pilate for the body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so he receives a permission, and they they take Jesus's body down, wrap him in uh, burial cloth, which would have been uh, just a white cloth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they lay him in a tomb, cut into a rock where no one had yet been laid. So it's a it's a pristine tomb, brand new tomb. They lay Jesus in there. And uh, verse fifty four. It was a day of preparation for the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was dawning. Now the women who had come down with him, uh, who had come with him from Galilee, followed closely and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And this is important. You remember this because here's uh, these women, and we're going to get into that next week or whenever the next uh, podcast is. Um, on if you were to fabricate the story, well, yeah, I'll just touch on it right now a little bit. If you were to fabricate the story, you wouldn't use women because women were uh, looked down upon. They weren't. Um, it was just the way the time that time period was, and. Um, so yeah, so the fact that Luke is pointing out that here's these women following close by, of course, you know, women probably would have uh, been part of that uh, process, the burial process. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that next week because, all right, the next time we do this, verse twenty, or in, in chapter twenty-four, um, they went back. They prepared spices and ointments and sweet-smelling herbs, and on the Sabbath day they rested in accordance with the commandment, forbidding work. So. They lay Jesus in the tomb, and they shut it up. So I want to I want to go back for just a second, and I I want to touch on that man Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know this till I read this, but that Joseph, he uh, he was he was Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, he was a wealthy and honored member of the Jewish council. Uh, he was also I didn't know this. He was a secret disciple of Jesus. It talks about it in John nineteen thirty eight. 
The disciples who had publicly followed Jesus Interesting. fled. But Joseph boldly took a stand that could cost him dearly. He cared enough about Jesus to ask for his body so he could ha- so he could give him a proper burial. I did not know that. And and I got to reading this. I was looking down there, the little explanation. I was like, I, that's, I think that's important. Uh, I didn't know that. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. I did not know that at all. <laughs> and you know, with as busy as with as busy as things are are have been here lately, packing and uh, running around, running like with a like a chicken with their heads cut off. Um, shoot, I didn't have a chance to really dig deep into this, and I'm I'm gonna try and do better um, for 24 because um, that's exciting. Cause we're getting into the resurrection when we come back yeah. and um, not that I, you know, there's plenty of really good resources to, uh, to check out plenty of other really good podcasts to listen to on the unjust trial of, of Jesus and the crucifixion and, um, and all that. It's not something I like to talk about my savior being uh, crucified, but there's something that we there's something a lot worth talking about his resurrection and um something to look forward to in, in our resurrection with him and when he's coming back and um so anyway that's uh yeah that finishes out chapter 23 for us marshall mm-hmm. no it, it's all good stuff it's all really important stuff it's it's tough to talk about but it is vital it is very important um to talk about his his, his yeah. crucifixion so, but yeah. yep. So, all right. Well, um, it's time to go. I got I got some more work to do, and it's getting late for you. So, mm-hmm. guys, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Share this with somebody this week uh, if you're liking what you're hearing. Got, um, make sure you go on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever it is. Uh, give us a good rating. Give us a good review, help boost those scores up, help get this podcast noticed. And um, on to you, Marshall. Hey, guys, like we always say, um, if you have questions, concerns, comments, love to hear from you guys. You can go to mail at undauntedpursuit.com. Email us there, of course. You can reach us uh, by all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. Maybe I'm missing one. I don't know. YouTube, guys, you can listen to us on YouTube. We don't have any video up there, uh, but there is audio, just like you hear on the podcast. Look, we'd love to hear from you guys. Love to get your messages, comments. Um, and uh, we just appreciate you guys very much for listening to us, giving us the time of day. And more importantly, don't ever forget to share, like, follow, subscribe. But out of all that, share. Share this with anybody you know and don't know, because the goal here is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out to all the ends of the earth, which is what he's called us to do. So please help us help you help Jesus get the word out. Yep. And um, yeah, check the show notes here for uh, the this week's artist. I don't know exactly who it's going to be. Uh, like I said, been busy, but there will be some sort of music at the end of this episode. We love highlighting these artists. Um, go check them out. Go download their stuff. Uh, go follow them on their uh, uh, social media pages. And uh, they're all really great artists who we have on here. So uh, check them out. And I think that's about it. So, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. Lord, here I am.
broken man in need of your healing hand forgive my sin backsliding remind me of who I am in you I've taken as much as I can I need you to lift me up What is broken, broken, making new when it feels this hopeless, hopeless. There's nowhere else that I can turn. Nothing that I can do is only you. Is only you. This heavy weight of my Mistakes feels like it's pulling me away from the promise that I made to turn from all my ways. What is broken, broken, making new when it feels
home. 